Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Breakfast in a Class, sponsored in uh, memory of my, uh, my mother, Delba Victoria. Okay, so we, uh, one of the things that, that we, have to keep, we have to always think about is the power of imagination. The power of imagination could work for the good, and the power of imagination could work, obviously, for the bad. Because sometimes we imagine the worst, but we're supposed to use our imagination to try to imagine the best. And sometimes, we were talking last night, that uh, about the power of, of, of our words to create reality, sometimes the power of our imagination creates a reality that, that can come into, into view. We see the power of imagination in this week's parasha a little bit. We have when Abraham goes down, Abraham, Hashem tells him, Lech lecha, he, comes to, he comes to Eretz Canaan, goes through the land, and there's a, there's a famine. And it says, Vayered Abraham Mitzrayimah. Abraham comes down to Mitzrayimah. And when he comes down to Egypt, he says, Vayomer el Sarai ishto. It says Sarai, his wife, Hine na yadati ki isha yefat at. That you are a beautiful woman. So we talked about this before a few times, but I want to look at it a little different. It says, Vechi ad otasha'a lo yada Abraham she isha yefat Till now did he not know this is from Zohar HaNigla. From now, Abraham didn't know that his wife was beautiful. It says that until this time, he never looked at his wife in this way. And I think one of the ways, how do we understand this? Let's keep in mind, who was Sarah, Sarai, Sarah to Abraham? Who was she? She was his niece. So, and he married his niece. When did he marry his niece? So he married his niece in Ur- after Ur Kasdim. Why? After, he was put in the oven after his brother was killed. So it seems that his brother had three children, two girls and a boy. One girl married one, one brother of Abraham. One married Abraham. And Lot came with Abraham. So he, they took responsibility for their nieces and nephew who were now fatherless because their father was killed in Ur Kastim. So he marries his niece, but she's always his niece. And if she's always his niece, even if she's his wife, he's always going to look at her in a way different than a person would look at a woman that's not related to him in any way. I think that that's something that's not mentioned, but I think that's something that seems to be evident to, to anyone who looks at the story that way. Says, but now he says, it says here in the rabbi's comment that there was tremendous sniut that she always covered herself. She was always uh, very modest. And you know, one of the opinions is that when they were crossing a river, he saw her reflection in the water, and then he says, now. But we go further to try to understand. He says, when they came close to Mitzrayim, it was revealed and he saw her. What does that mean? Because of the, of the difficulty of the way, a man becomes, uh, they become, you know, you, you travel on the road, you become like uh, washed out a little bit, right? He says, She didn't change at all. She didn't change. She was still just as beautiful, even though she was going through this traveling. Imagine, it's not getting in the car and driving it's getting on a, on a donkey or whatever you're doing and going through the desert and it's not an easy, easy movement. 
Davar Acher, he brings another. He saw that the Shekhinah was with her. Therefore, he was able to say to her, you should say that you are my sister. What does it mean? Now he's going to say, say that you're, you're my sister. So we say, how could he say, you're my sister? You're my sister is not telling the truth. Or somebody well, you really are my sister because you're my father's daughter or granddaughter, even though from a different mother. Rabbi Yisa Amar, Yodeya Haya Abraham, Shekol HaMitzlim Hem Shitufei Zima, Says, how is it possible that Abraham understood we're going into this, this place of Egypt, which is the lowest of the lowest, where the people are filled with impurity? How would he continue on the way? How could he not say, you know what? This is not the place for us to go. Let's go back up. We should go north. Let's go back up north to where we came from. Why should we take a chance down here? Since he saw that the Shekhinah was with her, he knew she would be protected. So even though the rabbis say a person is not allowed to rely on a miracle, he saw that the Shekhinah further, he brings, Say that you're my sister. In order that you be good for me. Rashi writes, What? That I should get money from you. What? And then he says, And I should live. Should it be the reverse? So we talked about it, that this relates to, to uh, the Gilgul of the Nachash and Adam Harishon, but let's see here. And we'll talk about that again. This is a difficult thing. Abraham, who's afraid of sinning. He's the beloved one of Hashem. He's saying this so that it should be good for him, that he should make money. Abraham, even though he was afraid of sin, he didn't rely on his merit. He didn't want to take away from his merit. But he relied on the merit of his wife. Person has to know something that's very important. Where does your money come from? Your money comes bishut ishto. A person's wife is the mekor beracha. The wife is the reason a person gets blessed. Zehu shamara katuv. And he brings a quote to, to show us this. He relied on her merit that they would not be able to punish him and they wouldn't be able to play with her. He didn't give them anything other than saying she's my sister. And he told her to say you're my sister everywhere we stop on the way. Anyone sees you? That's my brother, because people are going to assume it's the husband. Say my brother. But then furthermore, why did Abraham feel comfortable doing this? Says the Zohar. He saw there was an angel standing, walking in front of her. Don't be afraid because of her. Oh, this angel said, 
Al tida bishvila. Don't be afraid of her. Hakadosh baruch hu shelachani lehotzi la mamon sheara amimul shomra mehakol. The Hashem sent me so that she should be able to bring money out of the nations, and I should watch out that she should be protected from everything. And therefore, Abraham was not afraid because of his wife. But because of himself. Why? He didn't see by him an angel. Only with her. And therefore, he says, She's watched. I'm not watched. He said, Please say you're my brother. And to continue, Yitav Li, in order it should be good for me, they will be good to me. He says, it's singular. It should be they. The Egyptian people will be good to me. He says, this, who should be good? The angel that's going in front of her. Yitav Li HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'olam HaZeh Be'mamon Ve'chaitan Afshi Ba'olam Haba Be'glalech And I should be alive in Olam Haba Because of her Shelo Tasuri Miderech HaMed She'im Ezkeh Ba'avurech Mamon Ba'olam HaZeh If I get because of her money in this world Ve'at Tasuri Miderech Hare Mitam Izumen Ba'olam Haba Ela Hishomesh She says that he should be Because of her good in this world Good in the next world Then go just further Just one more To try to understand something Continues, it says, Vahi kevo Avram. It says, Kevo Avram. Why does it say Kevo Avram? Isn't it the both of them? Isn't it that they came? It says, Vahi kevo Avram Mitzrayma. Avraham is coming to Egypt. Then it says, Vahiru Hamitzrim etaisha. They see the woman. What do you mean? Didn't they come to Egypt and then they saw the woman? He came to Egypt, they saw the woman? Kevo Am Hayasarich Lomar. It should have said, They came. Where was Sarah? Ela Abraham Teva. He put her in a a teva a box. Vesagar aleha, and he closed it. Kevan When he gets to Egypt, Amrulo. They said to him, "What he got in the box? Ten meches. Give us the tax." Amare ten meches. I'm going to give you the tax. Amrulo kelim atatoyan. You're carrying vessels. Amare ten meches shel kelim. I'm going to give you vessels of. I'm going to give you tax for the vessels. Amrulo, they said, You're carrying silk garments. Amar, okay. I'll give you the, the, the import duty for silk garments. Amrulo, they said, You're carrying jewels. I'll give you the tax. For jewels. Now, the tax for jewels is as high as a tax could be. There's nothing more they can get from him than a tax on jewels. So if I'm saying, I will pay you the maximum tax possible, just let it go. What do you do if you're the Egyptians? Why? You could only lose. What if they open the box and it's rocks inside? Then they get nothing. He's already willing to pay a tax of jewels. But still, the imagination... So now what happens? He says, he says, he says, Amrulo, they said, We have to open the box. 
Since they opened the box, the whole Egypt was lit by her. They saw the woman. Now, it's interesting, the, the idea of the imagination, why would, you, why would you open the box if you know you're going to get whatever you want, you know, you're going to get the maximum tax from the box. So I saw a beautiful story brought by uh, Rabbi Kamenetsky. He tells that J.P. Morgan, he wanted to give his wife a gift. So he called a jeweler that he knew, and he said, I want you to send me the most beautiful ring you have. So he tells him, send me the ring, put the bill in the package. As soon as I get it, I'll send you a check. Two days later, a box arrives. J.P. Morgan opens up the box and he sees the most beautifully crafted ring with an enormous diamond in the center. And on the side of it, he opens the bill. It says $25,000 in those days. Was He stares at it in disbelief. He removes the, the ring and he writes a check. Then he thinks for a moment and he rewraps the gift box with ornate monogrammed gift paper, his own beautiful gift paper with the gold monograms on the paper, and he seals it with the J.P. Morgan seal. He sends it back to the jeweler. He sends it back the box to the jeweler with the instructions. Dear friend, the ring was magnificent. However, your bill is exorbitant and ridiculous. Please find a check for $12,000, which I hope will meet your approval. If it does, please return the gift untouched in its personalized gift wrapped and seal. Remember, he's, he put a new wrapping and a new seal on the box. Then you could cash the check. If my amount is not enough, rip up the check, return it at once, feel free to remove the stone and keep the wrapping as a token of my good intentions. That you have J.P. Morgan gift wrap and <laughs> that you could keep. The jeweler opens up the, the, the note, he sees the amount on the check, and he's incensed. He's uh, so upset. He takes the $12,000 check and he tears it up into pieces. He then starts to open up the beautiful gift wrap, the ribbon, everything there, and he's walking over to his safe to go put the ring back in the safe. As he's about to put the box in the safe, he opens up the box and he sees a rock, just a rock, sitting in the box, and wrapped on the side of the box is a folded up check. He opens up the check, and it's a check for $25,000, signed J.P. Morgan. He says, what happens is, even Abraham and the custom agents, it teaches us a lesson. There could be something even more valuable than the most valuable thing in the world, and that's what exists in our imagination. And as the item in question is under wrap and seal, you never know its true value, because the contents of simple crates can never be estimated. You may fantasize that it's filled with jewels and you will still be underestimating. It's a beautiful thought to think of how powerful our imagination is and the lesson for us to, to take forward. Baruch Adonai Olam.